Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Legion 99 podcast, your source for the latest tactics, news, battle reports, hobby talk, and general Legion chatter. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Legion 99 podcast. I'm here with Mike Cirillo, Keegan Evans, and Joshua Devara, fresh <laughs> off of his LSO uh, um, showing. Uh, he's guessing with us this week. Um, we've got uh, some Legion news to talk about, but we're going to talk a lot about uh, Lone Star Open because Mike and Josh were both there. Keegan and I were not. Um, we're also, from afar, though. Yeah, we're also going to take uh, we're also going to take a look at some um, necessity versus luxury upgrades later on in the show. But um, first off, we're going to get right into the news. Uh, Keegan, you want to take it from here? Yeah, I'm sure most of our audience probably knows this, but we got the uh, sad news uh, at the end of the week that Luke Eddy is no longer with AMG and Asmodee. Uh, he put out a, a frankly, really uh, respectful, and, and I thought it was a really t- a classy statement on, on Twitter about it all. Um, but uh, that that's sad for a couple of reasons. I've met Luke a couple of times, uh, have just really really value the time I've talked to him and, and the input he's had in the game. He's had such a strong um, passion for the game and for Star Wars, and it's really come through. So we wish we wish Luke all the best. Uh, AMG is continuing, of course, to have the license. They have a good development team on there, and they're bringing people in. Uh, and we are uh, pretty much going to just kind of leave it at that. We have no concerns about uh, the state of the game uh, going forward. Uh, there's a great... Uh, community OP starting to structure around these FLG events, which we're going to talk about one today. And we know that uh, there's a ton of stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, in fact, this week we also got uh, some new unit announcements. So uh, we'll talk about those in a second. But that's just want to address the Luke's departure uh, up front and uh, w- wish him all the best and put our stake in the ground there. That's a good way to put it. And take it back over to Nick. I think we did actually get some reveals in the past 48 hours, right? Yeah. Um, on Friday, we actually got... Um, we They officially uh, showed us some models of the Fluttercraft for the uh, Republic, the uh, Wookiee Fluttercraft. It is mm-hmm. literally um, <laughs> a, a spindly helicopter with a bunch of Wookiees hanging off of it. There's like... <laughs> two Wookiees there's one like hanging off like uh, I don't know what he's doing um it's looks like nonsense uh I'm looking forward to charging people a lot of money to paint them um (laughs) 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 and uh then we got the they also showed the uh the CIS I guess counterpart to that the uh dwarf spider droids Mm -hmm. um they look pretty sweet um there's uh we didn't get any rules there not much not much accompanying them. We did get the boxes, so it does confirm that the uh, the Wookiee helicopter fluttercraft is Gar only. I guess some people, th- I I don't know. I assumed I always kind of assumed that all this would be like Gar only, CIS only. But um, yeah, they look the models look sweet. Um, I'm joking, but like I'm looking forward to like the challenge of building one of those fluttercrafts, at least one. Um, are, are you looking forward to the challenge of building six? <laughs> hey hey now he's only doing two of my wookies i'm not sure if i'm gonna I'll probably get like one fluttercraft yeah i don't know how many personally i'll get if any um because yeah. i need to like start like you know maybe not buying every single expansion um but i also do some other commissions for people who aren't mike so i'm sure i'll get a couple from there right. um i'm looking forward to buying three spider droids no matter what unless they're heavy rank <laughs> well they are support rank right because the box is I assume uh, it actually doesn't say on the box. I thought yeah. it used to, but it doesn't anymore. It used to, yeah. I guess that's why I'm still like. I mean, we have to assume it's support because that's a. It, it looks like an ATRT. If you look at the base size, it kind of lends credence to its support. Yeah, I doubt yeah, it's yeah. a core. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's an operative. <laughs> operative guys, spider droids. Yeah, spider. <laughs> maybe it's a detachment from a staff rider. <laughs> I mean, that would be kind of cool. And are we assuming the Fluttercraft is also support based off that Wookiee command card? Uh, I would think so. Oh, oh I mean, yeah. Definitely. We've now we've now seen a vehicle, and is it what yeah. two of the command cards have yeah. support options on it? I would be, and I think the one that has the Fluttercraft on the art can give it to a support. So the, the thing that interests me, I didn't like. I'm not really like. I don't play Gar much, so I didn't look into the Fluttercraft too much. But like, I went on Wikipedia and looked up the uh, 
spider droids and exactly like they don't talk much about them it seems like they're a weapons platform they'll probably mm-hmm. have hard points like an atrt does i would think um but they do have a self-destruct feature in video. <laughs> so i'm excited for self-destruct uh droids <laughs> oh man it's about time they wouldn't give to- us our they have not given us our Imperial Viper probe droid yet, so we have to. <laughs> Which is shocking, frankly, at this point. Yeah, I feel like it's a matter of time, right? It, yeah, it's like we'll get know. it when we get the Imperial specialist article. I feel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, deep cuts on our soul today. We all, we got two other reveals too, though, right? For models. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got a a super tactical droid, which hopefully the model is just not a great pose when they took the picture. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a step down from some of the other things they've been it's doing recently. It's not a recently. very dynamic pose. No. Is that the, like, is that the ju- judgy hips one? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, like that, it's like that dude from the Raptors uh, game, just in model form. Yeah, it's, it's super tactical droid Karen. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine that it'll only have one pose because they've done a pretty good job of like the last like six or eight characters or like, you know, having more even the, the regular t series has like three different options technically so yeah we could always like yeah. just hobby it up if we need to put like a b2 arm on the side i don't know <laughs> nice. maybe maybe we can 3d print something <laughs> <laughs> and then we also got the magna guards which if no. they decided to save all their creativity for these guys based That's on that fine. super tactical droid those capes mm-hmm. yeah Oh my! <laughs> yeah, they been, they were they were warming up on Lando's capes for these. Yeah, days. <laughs> just practice. <laughs> I have been waiting for Magna Guards since like droids were announced. I was like, just give me give me my Magna Guards, give me my my uh, my Magna Guards to fight Obi Wan, and I'll be happy. And finally getting them. So, yeah, that's October. F- oh, these all have release dates. Oh, on that's October right. Yeah. first as well. So we will they, see them in November. <laughs> they <laughs> have said they have said at this point to like and expect there to be possibly like a two week delay past these they're trying to be like they're giving us optimistic release dates and they're just saying like you know with the state of things and that's kind of how it's gone for crisis protocol lately um things have like been on time unless it's two weeks late like you know half a wave showed up so i imagine the gar stuff will come out first because gar op and then the cis stuff will be two weeks late (laughs) And they have been. I, I'm looking forward to some more details getting revealed about these with yeah. the with those release dates. And uh, if they model off of what we saw for the Wookies and Yoda, I think we'll we should probably start seeing that over the next month or so. So that'll be a lot of fun. I think they did the the model reveals a week before the the unit cards so last too. time. So yeah. there's probably not a a small chance that we get to see these things on Friday. So yeah, four days from when you're hearing this. That's and there's a lot to there's four unit cards to reveal, so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. that's they could slow drip it out over the next couple of weeks, plus command yeah. cards because oh, right. super tactical. Yeah, super tactical oh, yeah, 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 Josh. All right, you were down at LSO with me, <laughs> yep, yep, before me, but yeah, before we get into some of the uh, like the bids and the lists that we saw at LSO, do you want to kind of take us through what your experience was like? So, yeah, it's my first uh, major tournament. And if I have to uh, give some advice to everyone is uh, you need to go. If you want to love this game more, you got to go to these major tournaments. Uh, just being able to meet everyone from across the uh, states, uh, people that you only see on Discord and or only meet on um uh, the internet, Facebook, things like that. You get to meet in real life. I think it's uh, it's worth going. It's usually the opposite of what I like. I what like people tell you is to not trust strangers you meet on the internet. But in this case, we support it. No, I... yeah, only trust strangers if they're bringing plastic toys. Yeah. No, that doesn't seem like a good general rule either. No, and you're, and you're, and you're over eighteen. And you're over eighteen. <laughs> Yeah, you can make your own decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we derailed there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What, what did you uh, What did you end up bringing for a list there, Josh? All right. Uh, yeah, I uh, brought uh, the infamous, but the only one there, which I was surprised. Double AAT list. Uh, it did not do well for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I started off uh, 0-2 with it. Uh, it was two double AATs, five B1s that had some various upgrades on them, and then three uh, BX strike teams. 
Um, yeah, Saturday, I wasn't really in a good uh, mind state. Started off one and two, had a bit of a recovery on the uh, second day, which which I thought was pretty cool. I've never seen this before in a tournament. It was kind of a redemption bracket. And we had another round of Swiss for anyone that wasn't in the top eight. So you still got to play more games. It wasn't just like you play today games and then just disappeared. That format uh, was so popular. Uh, they actually changed the format for SoCal Open coming up. Uh, really? to, to reflect uh yeah. so yeah they were going to do heats friday and saturday and this week they announced that they were going to change it to uh mere it'll be a one day everyone on on saturday and then a redemption bracket on sunday along with a, with the top eight yeah and i think that was for me especially being at my first major tournament it was a lot better i was in a lot better uh, head state on day two and i was able mm-hmm. to perform a little bit better and so i, I was nice. i was pretty happy that they they decided to do that it was a great addition awesome yeah, it was fun to watch because uh, the first day, like, you know, the first game of the tournament, everybody's feeling good. There's casual conversation going on. And then you can just feel the atmosphere change as it gets in the game, too. <laughs> Everyone starts to buckle down a little bit. There's more judge calls. Game three was more of the same. But then as soon as round four started on the first day of the redemp- first round for the redemption bracket, it's just like laughter and people yelling going across the hall again. So it was nice to see, like, the vibe relax. And that kind of carried on through the entire day. So I, I hope that that's a staple that we can kind of keep in Legion, you know, for the foreseeable future. Do you want to talk about any of your games specifically, some of the matchups that you encountered? Because as we'll get into in a little bit here, uh, the meta was a little bit different than the last tournaments we saw at Dallas and ACO, right? Yeah, so uh, over the six games, I, I played some pretty good opponents i'll run through each of the games pretty quickly my first one was against uh, a guy that we had on turn zero a lot of people probably know him uh brad i can't say his last name but nerfly on the discord uh he's with team relentless uh this was actually a pretty interesting game and it kind of showed uh this one it was it was a game of inches um i made one mistake in the beginning he played a pretty flawless game and because of that he was able to take it uh we had we played payload um i'll just go over the objective but anyways we played payload and what he decided to do was split his army and he identified his winning plan before i could uh, a turn before i didn't figure it out till turn two and he figured it out on turn one uh while i tried to score victory points he did not he went for kills right away and just knew that no one was going to score victory points and it allowed him to get ahead early uh so he ended up taking that one on points it was zero zero or on vic- kill points. Uh, second game was kind of another, was a nightmare matchup for me. And I played um, a local from your area, Keegan, Mark G. I don't know who he is on the Discord. Yep. I'm not sure either. I'll stop ahead. Yeah, I'm not Should sure he is. But yeah, it was a pretty bad matchup for me uh, because it was on intercept the transmissions. And that was one thing that was kind of frustrating through this tournament. I took a 21 point bid to try and get um, key positions or sab on any of my games. And I did not have one game where either of those were in the third slot. Um, and it, it was it was kind of frustrating. I played key positions <laughs> once. Uh, we'll talk about that game. But anyways, so I played a double T47 with triple tons, and they had jammers on them. And on intercept, it just, it was just too hard. Once his tons got into my B1, since they had to move out, it was just game over. Um, and my third game was finally when things started to turn around for me. I played an Anakin Rex list on payload and uh, had a pretty open table, and the tanks kind of just chewed through the list. So I ended up winning that one, I think, 3-1 to one on, pay, uh, on payload. Uh, day two, kind of in a better head state. Uh, and again, another game, no sab, no key positions. Ended up playing Rebel Buses for my first uh, first game. The infamous Rebel Buses. And that's kind of what I was worried about the whole tournament was seeing double Rebel armor. Uh, they are, although they have white saves, they are notoriously difficult to chew through. That Even with armor piercing shells. Yeah. Did they have gonk? Uh, yes, yeah. they had gone. And so it's, it's so and actually, I don't think I, in all of my games, I only removed one of the rebel heavies uh, and just focused on their core instead. It's, it was just too much to chew through with one set of AP shells. And so in the fourth game, we ended up playing payload again. Now, this was an interesting one. He had uh, rebel fleets on the buses 
and I was able to stop his bus from moving with two of my tanks. And then I surrounded the bus <laughs> with um, my B1s and engaged his fleets on the other side. So his bus kind of <laughs> sat still, which was nice because he was unable to push his payload at that point. Um, and so that one I ended up winning on two one victory points. Um, my next game was a little bit of a frustrating game. I played against a Rex Star game on key positions, and we only got to turn four. And uh, turn four on key positions, if you're not paying attention to the clock, can make it very difficult to Oof. capture that point. Yeah. But luckily, I had been paying attention to the clock the whole time. I saw we had about 15 minutes left, and I was able to push uh, Lock Dirt on top of the, uh, the center KP and push him off. And so I ended up taking that one uh, 2-1. I think that's against Polymark uh, on the Discord as well. And the last game I had, uh, another really difficult matchup for me was double bus with jammers and Wookiees. Uh, again, another game where I really would have preferred to have key positions or um, sab, but it was intercept the transmission. And once those jammers mm. got in, it's just too difficult to move on. That was against, I think, uh, Ethan Judd. He's a pretty good North Dallas player. It came really close down to the wire. Uh, I had an opportunity to win it, but I had some lazy cohesion um, that blocked me from taking the transmission point. And so uh, I kind of beat myself there, even though uh, I was against myself in the matchup, but or I had the worst side of the matchup. I was really playing. Um, I was kind of tired towards the end of the day, just started getting lazy with things, and it really cost me. I think that's also another thing I wasn't prepared for was how tired I was after two days of play. It's Mine exhausting. Really wasn't ready. It, it, I, I, I used to play um, run cross country in high school and running three miles was nothing compared to standing all day doing this. It, it really was not. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah. Nine straight hours of thinking tends to take a toll on your brain. It's pretty tired. I had to take the next few days off from work. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. Yeah, I was way too tired to go back to work. Uh, I had a delayed flight coming home and had to wake up early the next morning, so Ooh. I cannot sympathize there. <laughs> yeah. but, but overall, it was a really good experience. I was really happy I was able to do it, uh, mainly because I had been kind of feeling down about the game for a while because we hadn't had a lot of in-life or real-life play. It was mostly TTS, and it kind of reignited some passion for the game, so I was really happy about that. So. Especially getting to meet all of you out there. My or uh, Keegan, Nick, we'll get to meet soon. LVF. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Planning on it. Yeah, that was really good to hear. I, I think we've talked about it a couple of times. Uh, I haven't had another recent tournament, but I know Mike, Nick, and I all getting to at least some sort of real life Legion play really reminded uh, me, at least, about what what kind of what I love about the game. Um, even beyond all the stuff that we've been we've been doing over the last year and a half, so awesome that you got that experience. And yeah, it's an ass kicker to stand all day. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get to play three games, but we actually had like our first local tournament the same day as Dallas, so that was a lot of fun to see. Like getting to do that again, like that's awesome. Organize like the local thing. Um, I'm disappointed I missed that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we got to give somebody else an opportunity to win. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I, I got to go down to LSO and stream the event with uh with David Zelenko with Endless the entire time. So that was fun to to run the setup there and just really kind of sit there. Because I could watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. We it went off without a single technical hitch the entire weekend. Cameras worked, audio worked, internet worked surprisingly. So it was nice and clean. That must be nice. Yes, front, <laughs> front line came through with the internet. <laughs> a little, little rough in uh, Atlantic City. <laughs> uh, what internet? Uh, growing pains. Growing pains. I think it's fine. Yeah, next it, year. It was pretty fun. Um, we got to cast some pretty exceptional games, and one of the players was actually on stream three times because he came <laughs> he came on round three of day one, and he was like, "Yeah, I've only been playing for a couple of months. You know, I'm not really sure that that's really what the viewers want to see." We're like, "Dude, it's totally fine. Relax, just play the game." Well, that ended <laughs> I mean, up being Bruce, the gentleman long, so. who won everything. <laughs> so he was back on the next day um, for the the semifinal, and then won the semifinal and was back on stream for the finale. 
So uh, he got plenty of plenty of camera time, and congrats to him for for winning his event here. I would also like to shout out Bruce runs a lot of the conventions down in Dallas for both 40k and now he's bringing Legion into it since he swapped over. And in October, there's going to be a Texas Trios tournament. So if you're down in the southern part of the country and can't make it out to SoCal, um, there's going to be a team event that's pretty similar to Yavin Base, where it's like three teams of three with different factions. And uh, that's going to be a two-day two event in October. So check that out. Tickets should be on sale this week. Should be a really good time. I think it's in Dallas again. But uh, Y'all coming down to it? Ah, I think I'm going to SoCal. <laughs> I've never been to California, so I figured I should go one time. Yeah, and you might not leave once you get here. <laughs> this is this is true. Um, let's talk about LSO a little bit as a as a general or general consensus. Yeah. Nick, do you want to take us through some of the info that we saw in the bids? Because um, they were extravagantly <laughs> different from yeah. anything that we've seen in from really any tournament before. Um, yeah, apparently blue players are really good, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or people seem to think so. I don't know. Um, so it looked like uh, there were about what sixty people there playing. Uh, yeah, um, fi- fifty-eight. All right, so a third of those people had bids with fifteen or more points. That is a spicy meatball. So yeah, there, there there were 19 players I, so who made 15 or more. Josh Josh is going to understand what I'm saying because we, we played X-Wing first. And, like, bids in X-Wing were, like, two, three, four usually. The, like, and that, that was a high bid. Like, four points in first edition was, like, high. Uh, like, it was usually, like, two or three. But, like, taking, like, 15 points here is not the same thing, but... Uh, we aren't at a level yet where people are taking like just cutting an activation to like get the bid, uh, but we're getting close. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, we are. Uh, well, cor- blue- correct me if I was wrong on this, but I remember in X Wing there were times where we'd get to a ten point bid, but it was usually because there was something pretty degenerate out there that someone was bidding for. Yeah, we don't have anything that like <laughs> silly in in this game uh, to like yeah. warrant that. But like it's. <laughs> Like a lot of these, like a lot of these rebel lists and a lot of these droid lists really want to do something very specific and they're just cutting things to just take these huge bids. Like I'll just not take a heavy weapon on this Wookiee and I'll throw an upgrade here or there. And then, oh, here, now I have a, now I have 20 points. Like it's, it's nuts. Um, uh, it's, it is, it is a competitive game. It is being played competitively. So I, I understand why it doesn't. It doesn't bother me, but my my two factions are the factions of bid, so and I take bids. <laughs> and I think one of the important things is with the meta we're in is that there's a lot of armor, and it really is important to have the right side of the table. Um, and of course, in all my games, I took a 21 point bid, which was the highest bid in the tournament. The objective cards, I didn't end up getting yeah. what I wanted, but uh, I think especially in my first game loss against Brad, I chose the wrong table side. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we're seeing these high bids is there's a lot of armor. And I think that is a, very important to pick the right side of the table, especially when it comes to armor. So that, that could be why we're it's, seeing such higher that's, bids. That's even tougher in a tournament like that because you don't have the time to scope out every table. And mm-hmm. like, like there's, uh, you know, t- there's like 30 tables. So it's like you don't have time to look at every single table. And like spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like trying to figure it out like you do for like Invader League or something like that, where like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like my game is in three days and I'm playing on this table because everybody's playing on this table. So it's like it's a very different beast. Um, And like uh, bids are more of a crapshoot in an event like that, too, because you don't know if like maybe you want maybe you want you're playing like triple staffs and you want bombing run. Well, if the table's not like good enough to support that to like help that list like you're maybe you don't maybe like maybe bombing runs a mistake now like and maybe bidding wasn't a great idea well if you don't have double t47 bombing run is a mistake so (laughs) 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 i did uh there's we just dropped a turn zero list we're doing a series on lso lists and floor uh Force episode dropped this past week, uh, and we had a very similar conversation, <laughs> very short, about what what was your mandatory uh, 
uh, mandatory objective in there uh, with with double T forty seven and Sabine bombing run was we we didn't even have to talk about it really. It's about <laughs> as close to an auto win in Legion as you can probably get. Yep, you think so? <laughs> well, yeah. the the top four game didn't it have something similar. Uh, it yes, it win? did. Yeah. Um, so the top four game had a double T forty seven bombing run game where the player actually stranded one of his bombs on top of a building that couldn't get down and still won because the T forty sevens are so good at it. <laughs> he right. was down a bomb and still convincingly <laughs> won the even, game. How did, how did that happen? Like, so they played. I mentioned that. Uh, I mentioned that the player was a little bit newer, so there's still some sure. interactions he hadn't seen. Yeah. He had never played advanced positions and bombing run together. So when he scouted everybody out, he was like, I'm going to give K2 a bomb. Well, K2 is incognito and Cassian is on top of a building. He can't do that. So he was uh, essentially playing with two bombs and they only got to round four. So Cassian had no chance to score it. Yeah. And everyone else had, uh, delivered. scouted out of the uh, deployment zone. Yep. Oh. Yeah, yep. As, as I recall, he didn't even like round four didn't really plan to it because he never even moved Cassian. Yeah, he never. Once he took the first shot on Cassian, um, he pretty much entrenched the fact that he was going to stay up there and just yep. decided to say, I'm going to score the T-47s, try and push R2, and you're not going to be able to stop me. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty wild to watch. It was a usually games at end round four are not super entertaining, um, especially <laughs> like, after three hours. But yeah. this one was full of action the entire time. They definitely played a, a complete game. Double double T forty seven is super super good, and it's probably a little. It feels a little degenerate sometimes, especially when it's <laughs> playing bombing or bombing run specifically. Um, but man, a year ago, would we have been talking about this? I'm so uh, wild. Yes. So... <clears throat> no, no, we would have been talking no. about this ten months ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think. Yeah, I think we got. Well, like... Keegan would have been talking about it. Yeah, I would have. Right. No one, no, no one would have been listening. I would have hey gotten guys. a lot of, I, hey I get a lot of polite smiles a year ago. Bombing runs really good with double T forty sevens, but like, yeah, no one yeah. cares because yeah. yeah, they don't search the crit. Now they search the crit. Yeah, yeah. Bounce, bouncing back to the to the bid situation. Um, yeah. What does anyone not know what the average bid of the tournament was for all the lists put together? Uh, it was nine. It was nine. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. And I it didn't was, know until I read the show notes. Yeah, it, it was about, over nine. It was like 9.3. Yeah. Wasn't it like 16 or 17 for anyone in the top eight? Uh, the the lowest bid in the top eight was 15. Um, okay. No, sorry, sorry. I'm wrong. Uh, Isboticus had a, a nine point bid, and then it was 15, 15, 17, 18, 21, oh, 21. Goodness. So pick your poison. Um, it was it was funny because when we talked to to Isboticus on stream afterwards for the interview, we were like, what would you have done differently? He said, I would have just played 800 because there was no chance I was outfitting any of these guys. It's like I could have taken saber throw. <laughs> I will um, say that the, uh, the current bid situation uh, and my evolving perspective on the game ha- it's gotten to a point where even I'm starting to, to look at lists that have 15 to 19 point bids uh, to play around with. Um, yeah. Part of that yeah. is the intersection of the the ideal objective for some of these lists. Bombing run with air speeders fits into a fun style of play that I've been trying to do for three years now, uh, and and only now <laughs> finally here. works. So I'm willing to I'm willing to go down the blue path for that, but. Uh, it's it's definitely a thing. I don't think that this is necessarily a one-off for LSO um, to see to see this uh, until um, until some of the base dynamics change, uh, which um, you know we're coming up on that annual cycle of possible points changes in Arata. So who knows what happens yeah. after that? Yeah, so you know, I'd be interested to see if you start seeing eight hundred point double T forty seven lists because if it, all the double armor. Rebel mm-hmm. armors are taking yeah. the same objective. Why don't you just take some extra upgrades to win in the mirror match? So I'm like, the next thing for me is Invader League, I think. Like, you know, a suit, presumably it probably starts in a couple months. So Sign I'm up starting there. Sign up there in August. August. It's in like August. two weeks. Oh, okay, yeah. perfect. So, uh, all right. Um, I don't pay I don't pay enough attention. <laughs> um, we, we, we got you, bud. <laughs> thanks fam two, um, two of us are on the inside there yeah. Nick yeah. watch our internal discord for sign up information <laughs> everyone else watch the legion discord <laughs> anyway so I'm like I, I'm the list that I'm like thinking about practicing like I'm probably like if I'm playing if I'm playing rebels like I'm probably just like not even gonna bother bidding 
because like I'm just gonna try and play a list that like can function at everything and like just hope I don't get fucking hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, you've been on double A five, right? Uh, I mean, that's currently what I'm like yeah. leaning toward because it's like the most degenerate thing that I can play <laughs> and play well. Um, you've got you're starting to get the reps with it too. Yeah, I've gotten I gotten to play a lot with it. So it's like I'm like, do I cut? Like I I want to take this gun, so I don't really feel like bidding fifteen if somebody's gonna bid like nineteen. Like that's just gonna make me salty that like <laughs> I didn't take the better gun. It's like or like I could cut I could cut a gonk, but like uh, no, I'm not cutting a gonk. I'm just gonna not bid. So this, the, those buses aren't bad on hostage either. They can really block off some uh, movement for your opponent's I, hostage. I have especially like, when there's two. Yeah, the yeah. problem the problem with hostage is like I've played it like twice, <laughs> like ever. <laughs> so it's more about the reps and like I just don't want to play it. So that means that you and I need to play because of the last like eleven <laughs> games I've played, I think seven have been yeah. hostage, and they're not even all clone. Yeah. Like this is I mean, all I play anymore. It's just like I, Star Wars Legion hostage did it, exchange. You play, did, it, did you play two games of hostage yesterday or one? I played one, and I wasn't even the clones. And then the other one was like Vader, so it wasn't in my yeah. deck, or and actually Atlantic, was. But in Atlantic City, you played four games of hostage. Exchange. I did. It's it's so dumb. It's, Sounds you know, like I, me and Payload. Yeah, exactly. The first time I ever played it was against Josh, and I had, like, no idea what, like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, I didn't shot my hostage off the table turn two. I'm like, oh, okay, this seems fine. <laughs> Guess I'll die now. <laughs> yeah. Before we move on to the, to the meta that we actually did see, you've probably heard some reference to it so far. The average Separatist bid was 15 across yeah. the entire faction <laughs> so something might need to change there i can't, um, I can't even have yeah they're, they're like in if you're playing droids you just bid all the time because like you're it's not baked spending. in yeah it's like you don't have to spend points whatever you don't like you have so much space it's like i've got 24 <laughs> points in this mall list and it's like i don't even want to fill it like i'm cool with that it's good i'm okay if my hq uplink b1 doesn't have a heavy weapon so yeah. i'll just take an 18 point bid instead how did droids do overall though with such a high bid um, well, they've got, let's see, three of the top eight. Uh, we actually didn't see as many Separatist lists as we probably were expecting. Um, as we move into what we actually did see, I'll pull up the, the TTO, because um, we have the exact number there. Gotcha. Uh, but, for example, I guess you ended up three and three. Uh, Orchimedes and Blood Ocean uh, both made top eight and top four, respectively, with Maul B2s with their with their heftier bid, and then the Cad Bane AAT list with a 21-point bid, really a 140-point bid, um, <laughs> made top eight as well. <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> the poor Cad Bane. <laughs> but, uh, so, at the, top end, at the top end, they did quite well, but uh, there's probably oh probably a few that went around. We didn't see a lot of triple stats lists. We actually only saw two. So it's a little bit hard to say exactly what like meta CIS would have done there, because... We saw a lot of experimentation and not a lot of what we would be expecting to see at Invader League or, or LVO. It was strange. I yeah. I don't I don't for what it's worth, I don't hate that Cad Bane list a lot. <laughs> I like I mean that looks fun. <laughs> I think uh, I think that tees up as we're transitioning into talking about kind of the overall meta we saw, it, it's interesting to think about what meta means uh we talked a little bit about this last last episode in our casual to competitive um introduction about analyzing a meta and i think one thing that really needs to be really can't be stated enough is between ever-changing uh dynamics of the game with with units and releases and upgrades as well as both localities and these events are still only going to be you know a subset of 60 to 100 ish uh, players, something that's something that is generally thought to be widestream meta can very easily get disrupted by a, a small, really a small shift uh, in in percentage dynamics. And so I think uh, I know that there's some conversation about well, may, maybe LSO wasn't really a meta tournament for X, Y, or Z reason. But uh, I think that I think that it's really a good lesson for players to to think about what does meta mean to them analyze the the possible competition that's coming into the specific tournament and really lean back on what we say all the time play what you like and, and play what you like enough to play a lot and then really know that list so are you referencing the fact that rex didn't show up 
I'm referencing the fact that Rex didn't show up and that uh, <laughs> Vader Dubax was the number two list uh, in there. And I think that both of those have to do with uh, comfort. Uh, comfort. I think that um, I think that the Vader Du pick was a really excellent analysis of what was probably going to show up combined with, uh, I, I understand that uh, the, uh, the player David actually has been playing this kind of a list uh, for years almost <laughs> and so yeah. that kind of i mean that kind of experience just can't be uh can't be understated in, in importance to success so yeah yeah hoffman's been playing vader dues since dues like basically were announced and then mm-hmm. even more so once they got their points cut mm-hmm. so he's got the reps with it and we talked about it a little bit on stream and then with david afterwards but everything that was expected to show up there so the expected meta was close range rebels mm-hmm which are still white saves at close range. So if you have something <laughs> that can withstand that first wave and hit back just as hard, you're going to win that firefight. And that's yeah. what ended up happening for him is that his Dubax invader plus his IRG were just able to, you know, weather the storm that came at him and hit back harder. Yeah. Absolutely. And ended up being a great pick. We actually saw a couple of Vader Dubax lists there. And uh, the other one just, just lost out on the two and one chance to make the top table, um, <laughs> but ended up at one and two. But it's, it's a great pick for what we were expecting to see. Yeah. So I do have the faction breakdown. So okay. we saw 18 Rebelists, mm-hmm. 13 Separatists, 15 Republic, and 10 Imperial. So pretty good smattering of factions. When By the time we got to the top eight, it was four Rebel, three Separatists, and an Imperial. <laughs> the highest ranked clone was Nerfly at 10th. Yeah. Sorry, Nerfly. If I had one more, you would have made it. <laughs> <laughs> What did so? And then we postulated last week that we were going to see basically exactly what showed up. We thought we were going to see a ton of Wookiees, a ton of buses, which we did. We saw 15 AA5s across 18 Rebel lists, uh, including all the double T47s we saw. So Rebel armor was in like almost every list. Yeah. I think Orchimedes, I had him on. We have a turn zero list coming out soon with him. He said, I don't think he played a single game that didn't have a bus in it. Uh, and he was playing CIS. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, he played four straight bus lists. Uh, yeah. A single, a double, a double, and then a single with a T-47. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His only non-focused Rebel piece he played against was Jedi Luke. So you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, bus is strong. Uh, and then all the different flavors of it. My two big questions that I think, let's start with Josh. Where, where are all the AATs? We only saw four in the tournament. And you had two of them? Yeah, I had two Shame. of them. Shame. So uh, I'd been playing a similar Shame. list for probably about a year and a half. I originally started with double AAT Mall, or no, Grievous, then switched to double AAT Mall and then played double AAT Staps for a little bit and then switched to this, which is closer to Luke Cook's version. One thing I will say is if you're not uh, into just sitting and shooting, it can make the games really dull. So I do think... For a lot of people, it didn't show up because it can be really boring to play. Um, mm. That would be my insight uh, on it, <laughs> but it, it's hard to say why why there wasn't more of it. Do you think the fact that it's a tournament you have to fly for for a lot of people and it can be <laughs> difficult to like transport an AAT would be a defining factor? Maybe or... there were a lot of AA5s too, though, and those that's, that's a pretty big piece. It's a little bit easier to transport, but it is a fairly large piece, even though it's that just a big God square box. Damned antenna. <laughs> yeah, and there were a few LAATs too, so. Oh, God. <laughs> Good luck. So, yeah. Uh, you Nick, brought your magnets. <laughs> we also didn't see a single ATSD, yeah. despite the fact that we were expecting oh, an armor man. meta, but yeah, we saw I mean... a GAV tank. <clears throat> So the, the, no the Gaff Tank is a player I know that plays it all the time. So okay. yeah, he, he plays it pretty much nonstop. He's a okay. local of mine. So where were the ATSTs? Did people just decide that? Because we saw double-digit Imperials. I mean, we saw a decent number here, and yeah, I, I thought no that idea. one of them would have given it a shot. Maybe I'm wrong, and it's just bad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> I have been wrong. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I wish... I think it's really good. Um, I think it's like well positioned against armor. I thought we'd see a few. Uh, I'm shocked we didn't even see one, mm-hmm. um, especially considering there were like ten Imperials, something like that, right? 
Yes. Uh, you you just said it, but like you know, uh, sorry, there I just got off work. Yeah, like uh, it's a little surprising that there were none. Um, disappointing. I think it's really well positioned versus armor, but uh, yeah, say lovey. Yeah, and then I guess we'll cover one final thing before we move into our luxury versus necessity I'll segment. To, I'll have to go to Lone Star next year and bring an ATST. And bring this bring myself. it to SoCal. Maybe. <laughs> 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 We uh we actually have the list of all the units that didn't show up. Talking about the the concept that we mentioned of just play what you want to if you've got enough reps with it, you know, you can basically do whatever you'd like. People really took that to heart. Not necessarily <laughs> from us, but in general. Um, every Republic unit showed up. Every Separatist unit showed up, except for Dooku and Grievous, which wow. is strange. Well, There's always somebody that brings Grievous. It's true. Uh, for the Imperials, there were no full commandos, Krennic, Death Troopers, or ATSTs. Everything else was there. And then for Rebels, we didn't have Leia, Han, Landspeeder, and then full commandos or Commander Luke. But everything else showed up. Going through the Rebel and Imperial options that you listed, um, it's not super surprising for most of them because, right. like, they are, they like Han is Han is underpowered, like. He's bad. Leia, yeah, <laughs> Leia is uh, ninety points, and you can just like take a rebel officer and put a scanner, and it does almost the same thing for a lot less, for like thirty nine points less. Yeah, for half is, the cost. Which is like an activation for your like eleventh activation. Um, and then like we know, Krennic and Death Troopers have major issues. Um, full commandos. I don't know why you would take full commandos when you can take Wookies, Pathfinders, or even Mandalorians or Clan Ren in the same spot uh, for more points. Obviously, but uh, it's not su- it's not super surprising. But it's exciting that like everything else made an appearance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. People not bringing the ATSD makes me sad. <laughs> Interestingly, Death Troopers may have been a decent pick with some of the things that showed up if there's not a lot of arc snipers that were there and there's a yeah. lot of imp, you know a lot of armor around that range for impact could have been useful i feel like wookies with bowcasters are i feel like death troopers are probably terrified of wookie warriors with bowcasters uh, they, they most like, definitely I just, are i feel like that's like the hard counter and like you you just i don't know uh, i get it uh, I understand. Yeah, that's I'm not saying they would have been good. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're good they, offensively. They probably they could have been still, usable. Yeah, they can still like hit real hard offensively, but then they just died at Pierce. But we knew that already. Yeah, for uh, Separatists, I think, Mike, and in, you and I talked about this for a little bit, but Grievous probably is actually a decent tool right now, especially with all of the Wookiees that are seeing play and all of the armor, because he can soak quite a bit. Um, even though, unfortunately, with Burst of Speed, I think he gets a little bit archaic once that comes out. But this would have been a good turnip to see him. I think one of the reasons we didn't see him or Dooku had to do with Dallas, the Dallas Open. Um, there were some tables at Dallas Open that there was at least a stigma that this tournament was going to be very, very open. And there was going to be a lot of armor. And I th- that turned me off from taking Dooku because I'd been practicing him. I just didn't want him to just get one shot because he couldn't find cover anywhere on board or line of sight blocking terrain. So I think that actually had a lot to do with it. That's a very fair point. If you're, yeah, if you're a little concerned about like a terrain situation, you probably do not want to bring a force user. Yeah. And not one that costs 230 points and had can't, uh, charge or relentless Mm -hmm. easily. So, Let's shift into what's going to be my new favorite segment, and we can do some quick takes on necessity versus luxury upgrades. I think this right, might be kind of on this. all right. I think this might be kind of fun. We're gonna we're gonna wing this live. Yeah. If one of us kind of moderates each round, we've only got five. Okay. We'll pop out an upgrade name, and then yep. we'll just go in a circle, and we can kind of chat about. Do you think it's a necessity or, or is it luxury? I'll go first. All right. We're going to start with tenacity. Hey, Nick. Where does tenacity <laughs> fall on your spectrum? Damn right? it. <laughs> this, is so, you, this is so good for me because, like, I run You look Eunice, the most nervous. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I run units with, like, that want tenacity, and, like, it's always on mall, and I have stopped taking it on Wookiee Warriors. 
Um, but ah, uh, man, uh, it's definitely a luxury because it's not something that like any of them need. Uh, it's definitely a luxury in my opinion. Keegan. Uh, e- probably luxury. <laughs> uh, I stopped taking it on Wookiees because I was finding it encouraged bad behavior on my part, which is not the reason <laughs> to not take an upgrade. Uh, the, the right answer there is to learn to stop being dumb with Wookiees. Um, but it's, uh, I, it's usually for me, it's, it's usually one of the first ones that I drop. Um, maybe if I, as I start to try to play some more lightsaber swingers, maybe it goes back to being a little bit different, but yeah, I think it's luxury right now. So, um, I think when Burst of Speed comes out, I think it is 100% luxury because you're going to take a lot less shots going in. And so I think offensive push is going to see a lot more play uh, on a lot of the force users. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I think tenacity becomes less useful there. Although, ironically, it does become better on Maul because you're not going to be taking saber throw. So. It won't be the first training slot cut. That, but he's taking both push and tenacity anyway. Uh, into the fray, maybe. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, he'd probably yeah. be taking that. Yeah, over tenacity even. So, stuff. Yeah. For me, it's a, a necessity right now because Maul and an Orthodox tactician exist, so you don't need offensive push. You've already got the aims coming in, so you may as well just add the red dice for the melee. Yeah, and that, that's why I think with Burst of Speed, once they're out of range of those aims, that, that's why it uh, eliminates it then. Yeah, get the aims yeah. instead. Mm-hmm. Nick, you want to take us through offensive push? Yeah, I was going to say we kind of segued right into that one a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Offensive push, uh, Keegan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anything that I'm already recovering for other reasons, it's a necessity on. Uh, so my vets, my pathfinders... Um, other things that I might put that on that my brain just shut down on. Um, it starts to get into luxury when I look at the Wookiees. Honestly, uh, I think it's I think it's pretty close, but uh, and I, and I look at it over tenacity, but it's not necessarily an auto include on, on other things if I'm not going to be recovering. Uh, all right, Mike. Yeah, for me, it's a it's a luxury um, because every faction has a way of generating free aims right now. Whether or not it's arcs with their tactical, if it's rebels with unorthodox tactician. Imperials with all their stuff like uh, target on the shores and their um, binos, so it's the it's definitely a luxury, but it's probably the first luxury item I take because more aims is always a good thing. So it's I'll drop it if I need a bid, but if I have some extra space, it's it's the first one I'm throwing on. Uh, maybe one difference: I'm primarily a rebel player, and I have not yet built a, li- a bus list, so not having a aim generation pushes it Shame. into necessity for me. Shame Welcome never. to the twenty first century. It's it's about to get fun. <laughs> you guys, have you guys seen how how many years behind I play or ahead? <laughs> A few. Uh, Josh, uh, I think if your name is Rexstar, it's one hundred percent necessity. Outside of that, uh, I, I think it is luxury. So other than Maul, I think Maul because of how many times he's recovering, he he's taking it. But uh, in most cases, I think it's luxury. Yeah, I fall into like it's pretty much like not something I've been taking at all. On I, I, it's usually like if I'm playing mall, I'm like uh, I'll probably just add my, add to my bid now instead because they. I'm always just let down by only by like <laughs> the dice anyway by mall. So it's like I just yeah, and like I said, a five is just like when you have two of them, they generate a lot of aims. Um, so yeah, it's definitely luxury for me, like all the way. Should I take SA? Sure. All right, I'll take SA. Situational awareness, two point training upgrade. Uh, who went first? Mike, you go first this time. All right, for me, uh, SA is strictly a luxury upgrade. Um, there's not really any standard builds that we've seen for expensive force users or even clones that SA is the first thing that you throw on there. Mm-hmm. But it's always a nice to have if you've got like 30 points lying around, you can just make your army able to dodge crits. So for me, it's definitely a luxury upgrade. We just don't see enough of it to be necessary. Cool. Nick? Um, so uh, I find this to be a necessity on units like Mandos. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if I were running Jin, I'd probably really want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, any, obviously, any unit with Vigilant or with Nimble 
if you have access to vigilance, situational awareness is enormous for two points. Yeah. Um, uh, you're seeing it a lot in clone armies too, just like situational awareness spam. Um, because everything's courage too, and now everything can dodge everything. So, yep. um, I think like a one-off, if you're just like, if you just want to throw it on a unit, you probably shouldn't. But if there's a reason that unit's going to be dodging a lot, it's like, you know, I think it's an auto include at that point. So I think it's a necessity. Cool. Josh. Yeah. Going back to what we were talking about earlier about how kind of the smallest thing can shift the meta. I think if this reproduction of lack of AATs is going to be consistent. I think SA is actually becoming a necessary upgrade. Uh, I think Captain SA's for Rebels and uh, Phase 2's with SA uh, because of Vigilance. I I would take that to a tournament uh, if if I had the pre-knowledge that there was going to be no AATs that I'm playing because I think that's pretty good counters for a lot of things in the meta right now. So I'm saying it's actually becoming a necessity. Cool. I'm not going to say anything too new. I'm pretty aligned with Nick. Uh, I think it's a necessity on anything with Nimble, uh, doubly so if you've got Vigilance in the list. Um, I I would see it as a luxury for non-Nimble units, but I think uh, your point's about uh, perhaps perhaps a reduction in high velocity with, with less AATs out there, if that's, if that's going to be a, a trend. Uh, it certainly brings that back in. Seize the initiative. <laughs> All right, Keegan, how do we feel about seize? Luxury or necessity? I know why you're starting with me. I admit <laughs> it is a luxury. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a phase uh, <laughs> where I I was slapping C's on every single list, sometimes twice. Um, I do have I do have one list. Uh, I think I have an Anakin Obi Wan list where I still like to have it for uh, orders on Jedi on alternating turns, but uh, it is. Uh, I think I think this is this is probably something that you can get around with other forms of order control or, ex- or accepting the chaos. Uh, but it, it's a, it's a str- powerful luxury. Uh, Nick. Um, I don't think I've ever used it. <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, uh, if I'm running like a mall list, uh, I don't need it because I'm just ordering them all the time and my droids are taking care of themselves. Um, and uh, I haven't run like hero focused rebel lists outside of just like operative Luke. And if you're running operative Luke, usually like he's o- almost always getting an order. So uh, I, yeah, I, it's definitely a luxury. Like it's probably a luxury out of anything. That's not Boba Fett. Uh, you know, we can basically get around it with rebel order control with direct and coordinate and such, but empire struggles to get orders out. And Boba also has terrible command cards for orders that need to be situationally played. So I would say that he's probably the only unit in the game that, he, that seizes a, a, lug, a necessity on otherwise it's a luxury. Yeah. And I'm going to echo at that as well. I, I would expand it to say bounty. Cause I think boss, cause he has, he has two training slots, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I personally think he teams up really well with Callus. Um, I've done some playing with that, but having Cunning on boss can be really good because especially with all this armor, he can get one shot pretty easily. Um, And I think there are situations with Cad where I've dabbled with Cad Dooku where I preferred C's over offensive push. Uh, But yeah, Boba for sure, and I think Bosk for sure also really like it. But other than that, I'm not touching the C's. (laughs) And I guess that takes us back to me for the final one here. And arguably our most contentious. Keegan, <laughs> is aggressive tactics mandatory or a luxury? I'm a rebel player. It's a luxury. It's not even a luxury. It's, it, it's, a, it's a waste. It's a 15-point anchor on it. <laughs> That's uh, his bid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, hey. Oh, look. I accidentally put AT on here. Now I have a reasonable bid and I can win this tournament. <laughs> oh, man. No, I... I don't think I have actually, like, I might not have ever clicked on AT on tabletop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that that's frightening, but true. Uh, I think that there are situations where this is really powerful and really important, uh, and I you I know you guys are going to cover them, but uh, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the the myopic viewpoint of AT as a luxury for only the things I care about. 
your eye related comments warm our heart. <laughs> Nick, how do you feel? Uh, oh man. It's a drug. <laughs> when I, it's a drug when I get like, obviously. We're, yeah. I've we're never not saying been, anything different then. Yeah. <laughs> He's just, he just hasn't succumbed to the beer pressure yeah. yet. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, when I, if, if I'm playing, if I'm building droid lists, like I almost always want to try and get it in there. Even if it's like a mall list that probably shouldn't have it. Um, but it, it's like, man, it's like, yeah, I really want, I want search tokens on everything. And <laughs> droids usually get four when you play it so it's uh it's really good uh you want more surges those e5c's hit a lot harder when they have surge tokens um and that's a real easy way to get them uh and like you know rexless always have aggressive tactics it's like the first upgrade you take uh so i think it's a necessity if you're in an army that doesn't naturally surge to everything like rebels surge to everything so it it's not very good but everything else, yeah, you should always take it if you can. I think if AT is the uh, highly addictive drug, then into the fray is going to be your methadone. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a quick lot, fix. A lot of truth there. <laughs> yeah. On the same page here, Josh? Um, I think for the one faction that's going to struggle taking it, which is Empire, it is the most necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So clones, every Rexstar list takes it. But in my matches against clones, I found they have so many surges anyway. There are times where there's like 10 surges on the table and they don't even spend it. Uh, so, But it's like knowing you have access to all these surges. It's like you don't yeah. have to worry about anything. You can just spend them whenever you want. I, I'm starting to... Yeah, and yeah. I, don't, I don't actually put it in any of my droids list unless I'm playing Dooku now. So I'm not 100% on board with it being a necessity anymore. Especially yeah. with Into the Fray coming out. Uh, doesn't feel as necessary because you know I think there's a place for actually onboard comms with the buses and wookies if you're taking the big gun because mm-hmm. uh, then that gives them a surge token to be able to shoot gives the wookies some defense and uh, there might be justification for that but it's still 15 points so I think it's a luxury at this point other than empire I think empire has to take it yeah, outside I ten- of Iden, of course I tend to agree with you there um, empire lists that are more core focused it's a it's a requirement, but I, I'll still argue that in a Rex list, it's a requirement these days um, because you're still running the Z6 spam. That might mm-hmm. change a little bit if we start to bring some Wookiees into the place where you know your big shot is already naturally surging. Um, but it's probably it's probably a luxury at this point, which is a weird thing to say after six months ago, mm-hmm. when aggressive tactics was your starting point to three of the factions. You're telling you know, me my having three units with exemplar and <laughs> natural surges helps. <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. Your, your addiction's not a lie, Nick. It's just an addiction, and just like any <laughs> other addiction. I thought that was. The I need help. Drinks. Someone help me. <laughs> if there's if there's one thing you can take from this conversation here, it's that Legion probably doesn't have any upgrade cards that are strict necessities across every faction, right? Yeah. I don't think we all agreed 100 percent on anything here. So. Yeah, at least not on this list. <laughs> no, not on this list. There's plenty of more upgrades in the game, like Force Push, that is definitely force, a necessity. Yeah, force push. <laughs> I don't really think we need to cover that. <laughs> Soon to be burst of speed. Soon, yeah. <laughs> maybe the two of them, maybe oh. one cancels out the other. We can talk about that. Oh, AKA, boy. so like Anakin doesn't have any Force slots because you're saying burst and Force Push, right? Yeah. So Anakin doesn't have any Force slots. Or like my operative Vader nuke, where it's just choke and burst of speed because I'm only going to live for two turns, so I may as well take everything with me. <laughs> but he's super cheap now, so exactly, it's 164 points for that Vader. Into the fray might help. Yeah, it did. It helped me in the one game. It was it was into the fray, choke and burst of speed, and I just nuked Vader at the end of turn two into them and said, "I'm going to take half your army with me." Seems fun. It was Worth fun. It. Yeah. I don't think Rich enjoyed it. <laughs> I stuck oh, well. a tauntaun on top of a building. <laughs> Couldn't get down. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, so now that we're kind of unraveling a little bit here, yeah. uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Keep playing Legion. Yeah. <laughs> buy more A5s. Uh, yeah. No, buy more A5s. Yeah. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for what's to come. I think you know, we're getting Yoda and the Wookiees here. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get into another rhythm of new units starting. What is that? End of August or September? Uh, end of August end of for August. Yoda, oh, right. and then yeah. technically end of September, August, October first for, yeah, for the others. So yeah, we're getting we're getting that stuff coming. We've got some real life tournaments. 
going again. We've got Invader League coming back to um, to blow away all the optimistic viewpoints I had about the meta. Uh, and re- <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing I have to say is, uh, guys, we, we've had a year of not being able to go out and play. Uh, go out and play some real games because that actually quite affected me at LSO. Uh, I'm used to TTS where the AATs can just sit on anything. <laughs> and it, it actually cost me my first game. I thought I was going to be able to balance on some terrain and it just kept sliding off. And so one of my AATs You didn't just trapped. press the L button? Uh, it, well, double click and just let it drop and lock. Yeah, it, 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 You can't do that in real life. Um, the button stopped it, working. Uh, you can't. You can't actually do that. You should not no. do that playing a TTS game. I, I called right. the judge That's and I was like, "Hey, cheating. yeah, the gravity's not working here. Yeah. So there's something wrong with these real life colliders. So uh, yeah, so get get out, play some real games, and and I promise Jesus. you, it's going to reignite that uh, passion for the game too. So yeah. uh, always always taking local health considerations into factor as as yeah. things are happening right now. As long as those health considerations are not the well-being. Be safe. (laughs) Yes, yes. Legion 99 does not advocate unhealthy play. Yes. (laughs) Unless it results in victory. (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke. AKA buy more AA5s. (laughs) (laughs) And if you want your AA5 painted, talk to Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us today, gentlemen. Um, we will see you guys in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a jam-packed week of releases um, this time around. Uh, concurrently with this episode, I think it's going to be as two separate casts, just so that it's not a, a mammoth file. Yes, um, but we're going to have okay. <laughs> we're going to have our our episode dropping, which is going to be today, and then you'll probably have seen it already from the notification. But we're going to have a turn zero list with screw tape dropping right after this. Um, so feel free to enjoy. And we've got another one with Orchimedes coming out on Wednesday. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm get back try, to into a, the, go ahead. try to have an extra bonus one for us on Friday if we want, if we can do that too for an LSO week. Round. Yeah, we're gonna get back into the swing of things. Um, all of us are pretty busy for the last couple of weeks as we prep for LSO and just had some real life things pop up. So uh, we've got a giant stockpile of episodes, and we'll get back to our regular, you know, twice a week status on that for you. So as always, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for continuing to support us. It was great to meet everybody while we were down there. Um, it was cool to see some people walk up to us and say, oh, hey, I know you guys. So that's, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, y'all. Bye, everyone. Bye.